just learning more about yourself. And sometimes in the beginning, you just have to try everything. So step one is, do you know yourself well? Do you know what triggers you? Do you know what moves you? Welcome to the Step Into Clarity podcast. I'm your host, Marissa, founder of Quilling Co. and mentor of other designers just like you. Step into clarity with me as I have candid conversations about both the growth and the goof ups of navigating this wild ride of online business. Welcome to the Step in the Clarity Podcast. I'm so excited to have you back. Today, I'm talking with Francine, who I'm so excited to talk with. She is a designer who specializes in strategic brand identity design, and she also loves to help creatives build an enjoyable and sustainable business that aligns with their values. And I'm really excited to talk with her because she's all about the anti-hustle culture and building a slow and intentional life. So thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I know that building a anti-hustle culture business is really important to you. What do you think the biggest challenge with the design industry is facing today? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I I would want to speak only to the entrepreneurs because I have no idea about like the agency life if you're an employee, but I feel like, you know, we're in a way we're all connected. So I didn't want to speak too general. I think the biggest challenge we have is this kind of like identity anxiety. I don't even want to call it like a crisis, right? It's like this anxiety. I think everybody has so much pressure on uh, making money right away, finding their style, um, how to market. So everybody is like, I don't know, they're freaking out about looking for all the fixes and they're kind of dependent on things online like social media, because that's where you go for all your ideas, like everything from marketing, even inspiration, how you're going to create something else. And then your identity, it's like formed by molding into other people as you, you know, figure out this crazy life of business. So true. I feel like there's this huge pressure too of like finding that identity in a really extremely short amount of time, like unrealistically. We are all online on social media where we see things, things appear to happen so much faster than they actually do. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I like to take breaks on Instagram. And what's funny is I was just doing this Instagram workshop and she made a really good point talking about how we shouldn't have to over explain why we're taking a break on social media. Like we all deserve that. We all deserve to just do things, do it for ourselves and not have to tell anybody why we're suddenly disappearing and all of that. And I know there is like this big push away from social media. I feel like that's more of like a stick it to the man. (laughs) You know, everyone's like having a problem with Facebook and everything rather than your uh, personal health, your mental health and all of that. But yeah, like I think that's the biggest problem is like there is this anxiety we don't know how to navigate the difference between like not using something because the powers at hand are evil or the 
algorithm versus like, how are we doing it for ourselves? And how is that in relation to our business? I love that. So how did your Instagram hiatus go? Were you scared to leave? Or were you excited? Well, I wouldn't even say I had like an official Instagram hiatus. (laughs) I think I would just kind of leave when I didn't feel like it was serving me. It was really after reading digital minimalism. That was probably like last year, like beginning of 2021. Um, I realized that I needed to find my own purpose for it. When I did that, then I would just take weeks off of um, posting, like I would sometimes only consume, sometimes I would post and then not consume. (laughs) I was just trying to find like my own ebb and flow of how I was going to use it for my life. And I think, you know, it takes practice because some people love it and it doesn't affect them the same way. For me, like there was just a tendency, like I'm just a very emotional person. So um, when I see something, it, it brings up so many ideas. Like I could see a post and then it'll make me think of like five different things, whether that's like my own life or a new project I want to do. So um, I needed to find this piece within my own mind, knowing that I can branch off into way too many ideas and kind of have this sensory overload. <laughs> and so yeah, I don't know. It's it's partly like mindful consuming. So I, I feel like I just stopped having like breaks on social media. And now I'm just um, trying to make sure that I use it well and, you know, serve my audience, serve my people, connect with everyone I love, and then not feel like I really owe anyone anything at the same time. You know, it's like, it's a balance of both. Absolutely. I love that. And I, I think it can be hard for other designers to take action on that and like use social media in a way that feels good. When we hear this message of like, be consistent, show up, like serve your audience where it's, I think it's like about finding that balance between being consistent with your business, but also like doing what feels good to you and like what's actually going to work for you and your mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Pivoting a little bit, what's something that you think everyone in the design industry should start doing? Another very general question for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to sound so like woo, but I think people should start understanding themselves and how they react to the world around them. And I think that really helps form your business model because I don't think you have to be doing this as you first start out too, because I do this every single year. What I did two years ago is totally different from what I do now, but that's, you know, that's part of evolving, right? Just learning more about yourself. Sometimes in the beginning, you just have to try everything. Step one is, do you know yourself well? Do you know what triggers you? Do you know what moves you? Do you know what motivates you to um, continue doing what you love doing in your specific design niche, right? And then taking that and like trying things out until you figure out, okay, I found my flow. This feels like it's now integrated into my life rather than here's my business. And then life is kind of revolved around it. I feel like happens to all of us when we start off in entrepreneurship, because it's so hard, like there's so much going on, we really do have to wear all the hats We're the CEO, we're the designer, we are um, having to do sales calls, we have to learn about marketing. (laughs) And it it feels like that it would be cool if business was not the sun, right? (laughs) Like your life is the sun. And then everything kind of revolves around it and like we make it work and it's in like some sort of harmony. True. We're like learning everything and it's overwhelming and, and also still trying to figure out like 
who you are as a business owner. I know it can be like really hard to figure out in the beginning that phrase throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. Uh, What's the tip you would give someone to like get started with that, like figuring out who they are in their business? Oh, that's hard. Like this sounds really silly, but let's say you don't know. You are just in a different phase of life or you're having, I don't know, maybe it's like your 25th birthday and you're having a quarter life crisis or something. I think taking personality tests really helped me out and people are probably going to roll their eyes to that. But like things like Enneagram, um, Strength Finder, there's 16 personalities, um, really whatever you can get your hands on. And it's not really to mold and say like, this is who you are, but it really helped me understand or at least like put into words things like my strengths, my weaknesses, some of my tendencies. And you can pick and choose, right? Because I, I hate when you feel like you are stuck to that because you're like an ever evolving person. You're never going to be everything that an Enneagram 9 is or Enneagram 3, but you can pick and choose and see, oh yeah, that's totally me. This is totally me. Like, ooh, this is really good insight. I would have never thought to verbalize this before, but suddenly I can explain it to myself and explain to others what I want, what I need. The Enneagram, when it really blew up, I was an Enneagram nine. I feel like, yeah, I change a little bit (laughs) depending on the year, but that was really helpful for me because it told me I was like a peacemaker, kind of a people pleaser, slightly introverted, never wanting to think about conflict. That helped me understand too. I'm like, wow, that's so true of me where I try to steer away from conflict instead of dealing with it head on. How does that reflect with my life? And how does that reflect with my business? If something were to go wrong, or even little things like Maybe the client isn't happy over this. I, I can see how it affected my mood and maybe not the healthiest way. Like, wow, I, I could be really down on myself over a tiny issue. <laughs> and then using that and learning how to fix that changed in my process. I learned how to communicate better, like use some active listening and separate myself from emotions, especially ones that are negative self-talk, things I know that aren't true. Um, it's not perfect, but I would say that's a good place to get started is just figuring out a system to list out strengths and weaknesses and then um, almost doing like a comparison of is this why I'm stressed out with this part of my business or like is this why I'm doubting myself in this way. I love a personality test and I'm I love the Enneagram. I'm Enneagram (laughs) 9 too. Oh awesome. (laughs) I, I think it's like such a fun and also like validating way of learning about yourself. You're like yeah you're right like I am those are my strengths and in like a more informational way of like addressing weaknesses too. I think that like hearing about your weaknesses can sometimes be hard mm-hmm. <laughs> like learning about them and, and then like leaning into them, knowing that for nines, we hate conflict. So knowing that like, if a conflict does come up with a client being like, okay, so this is a weakness that I have. And I know now that I need to address this. Yes. <laughs> and then like going forward with that in like a more logical way, being able to take the emotion out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing your tendencies towards that emotions and like maybe how far it goes. Knowing too as women that we have different energy levels based on our cycles and even keeping that in 
in mind and knowing like I'm in this phase of my cycle, my energy level is low, or I'm feeling more sensitive. And I notice this as a pattern. It's not even just knowing yourself with your personality, it's knowing your body. I mean, it's such a buzzword, but mindfulness is such a powerful thing that um, it may not change the present, but being like, okay with that and just accepting all of your flaws for everything that you have and knowing that regardless of those things, you can still have your full potential with your design skills and like give your clients what they need and make them happy and all of that is still there. It's kind of like this beautiful thing where your flaws really bring out creativity, right? <laughs> Sometimes when you're emotional, like you think of weird ideas you haven't thought of before. And it's just embracing that beauty of, I don't know, just not being perfect and letting that spark some some more creativity. I love that. And I love like the holistic view of of like mindfulness of like yeah. knowing, <laughs> you knowing yourself like mentally and also physically. I feel like that's something that's not talked about a lot of like the the full picture. Oh yeah. I, I love wellness and I love integrating all of that. Like if I wasn't a designer, I would want to do something in the holistic and wellness field because I am kind of obsessed with it being true to myself too. And when you bring that energy, like wherever you find your strengths, or your weaknesses. I feel like you find better clients like that too, right? Like if you're just who you are, like you're going to attract that same energy. And then you get these clients that you click with, and then you get to talk about things you actually want to talk about. And it's just, it's a lot easier, don't you think? Like, I mean, I know you, you kind of have this vibe too, with your brand. And I feel like after a while of being established, certain types of clients just from the way that you talk. If you want to attract people that are similar to you, then the best way is like just to be yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so when you're talking about wellness, what are some things that you do on either like a daily or weekly basis to integrate into like your work-life balance? The biggest thing is having like a non-negotiable schedule, which like internally becomes a little bit negotiable because, you know, I also want to be flexible. Having things that I can check off like, okay, did I do some breathing exercises? Did I have a healthy meal today? Did I move my body in any way, especially if I am under stress and knowing if I did certain things is usually like I can tell it's like an indicator of how I'm going to be that day. I have this thing called Bella Beat IV bracelet, basically a Fitbit, but it just looks like jewelry. And I know there's like um, the aura ring too. Like being able to track where I'm at, it helps me know how much I can do within that day, whether I need to like shift my schedule to the next day, like, okay, I'm feeling really tired. And I can tell that I'm gonna do like a crap job <laughs> on this and then like, kind of, you know, shifting it a day and making sure I get enough sleep or rest doing some things that I really love. And I do love those things. It's not an obligation to me, like it makes me feel better. I want to do it right. Like for other people, it could be like, did I have good coffee? that day? And did I have time to sit down and drink it without having to check my emails? Did I uh, call somebody that I love today? Or did I go outside have a conversation? So it's not necessarily that you have to have like a wellness ritual, but you replace that with things change the positivity in your life. Sometimes it could be like if you do too much too much of like one routine, maybe it can feel mundane, but like do you have enough of those things that give you life, that give you energy, 
that give you happiness, that let you be excited to sit down and work. I like that you brought in parts where it's like not necessarily like traditional kind of wellness, moving your body, eating healthy, but like things that just bring bring you joy as well. Like how mm-hmm. can you add more joy into your life? The part about where it's not really being selfish with your time. It's more of making sure that you're your best self before you can go and like help other people as well. Yeah, exactly. Because like I'm a mom and I don't talk a a lot about that in my business and I should because I think people really relate with that. But it's, it's the same thing like taking care of yourself but then having the mindfulness to see how it affects you. So if I go about like I just wake up I'm kind of like on a frenzy and like my kids are screaming. I'm doing all these these things. I can see how my parenting affects them. Like I can hear my tone is suddenly like snappy rather than patient because I, I didn't take that time. I don't know that it could just be like um, being a woman and having all this guilt put on you for no reason, right? From just society telling you you have to be a certain way. Like don't give your, your kids any screens ever. Like don't do this. And having this out of body stressful experience and then you take time for yourself and then suddenly you feel yourself grounding, like calming down and your tone is better. You're talking to yourself with more love. You're talking to others with um, a calmer tone, you know, whatever it is. And I, I am speaking as an introvert. I have no idea if extroverts ever need to do that. So <laughs> just wanted to say that too. Like I, I am talking as an introvert needing to have that alone time. Um, but it could look differently depending on your energy levels with people. So many good things in there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know that you've made the decision to like work more part-time hours. How were you able to put that in place? For me, I think it was, I, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> Which sounds like really silly, but um, I started my business when I had my first baby. Before then, I was um, doing some freelancing. Before that, I had full-time jobs. I've always wanted to be a parent, so it all just kind of aligned with what I wanted. I didn't have a choice. So from there, I think it it was easier to kind of build this system with um, limited time and then realize it can be transferable to whatever your lifestyle is, you know, like whether you are just a person working too much and you severely need to cut down on your time or you have like a day job or other obligations, starting with my values and then having almost no choice and then making it work for me. What's something that you would, a tip you would give someone else that wants to like start cutting back on their hours that feels like overwhelmed with all of the things on their to-do plate? It's just working backwards on your goals. For instance, let's say you're working like 45 hours a week and you want to cut that to uh, maybe 10 hours less or something using your limitations as a way to kind of have this form of like business minimalism. And I, I don't know, maybe minimalism is the wrong word because we are doing a whole lot and we kind of have to. Like sometimes it's impossible to just do like one thing. If you set limitations, it really does. It's almost freeing in a sense because when you're giving yourself unlimited time, you're just filling it with things. There are so many studies talking about how we can only work a certain amount of time a day before we start losing that productivity, that focus, that creativity, all of that just starts going down the drain. So maybe it's a mix of knowing the facts, like 
okay, after, if I keep working another hour, I know this one thing that's going to take me an hour could take me 15 minutes tomorrow with a, a good night's sleep. So yeah, I think working backwards on your schedule. So having um, a calendar out and saying, what do I do if I only have 35 or 30 hours to work this week? What can I fit? And then from there, taking out all the unnecessary things. And I don't know, it, part of it's uh, self-love, self-respect, self-discipline, being like, I love myself enough to not um, cross these boundaries, knowing that you're going to make this happen. And then you are not going to fill your time with anything that is um, either not making money or not helping you grow. Read this book. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Basically talks about how there's really four hours in the day that we can do like deep work. The rest we can like do things that are a little bit more mindless, but there's really like four hours of in our brain that we can actually like concentrate and do like deep work. <laughs> I always think about that when I'm like trying to do something and I don't feel creative or like, I'm just feel like I'm not getting anywhere. And I'm like, well, it's cause I can only sustain this for four hours a day. Like, why am I trying to push myself past that? Yeah. And it's true. Like, I think if we're coming out of the full-time job culture where you know, you are forced to work 40 hours or more a week and with no explanation at all. It's just like, this is the time and you have to stay here and work. Um, even if you did all this stuff already, what happens is you just stretch that out within that time. For you, Marissa, it's like brand strategy is probably going to be like the bulk of your deep work. So like you, you would take that time, right? And you would really protect it. And so for somebody else, it could be designing logos, anything else in the business, but usually it's like strategy and design. You really want to have that focus. That way you're not like, oh, I can't think of another layout to do. <laughs> like you're just like out of ideas. You're like, I can't figure this out. So it's like protecting that time. And then any other time is like, I can answer emails right now, or I can engage on social media. Seeing that and working backwards helps too. And also like knowing your income goals. And I think this is how a lot of people realize they're not charging enough where they're like, okay, I want to make 5,000 a month, let's say. But if you're charging $35 an hour, and then you're giving them a ton of deliverables. And so you're only able to work with this many clients a month. And then you end up realizing you have $2,000 in revenue and you have zero time, then that's, it's like another wake up call, like, oh crap, like I'm doing a lot for a little. So it's time to raise my prices. Sometimes just saying charge more isn't helpful, but seeing like, okay, this doesn't work with my lifestyle. Um, I see now why I'm overworking. It's because like, this is just too much. And then seeing how you can take that and, and really like put yourself to the next level, because every year you should be most likely raising your prices and really refining it and you're building up your skills. So it should be costing more than before, because you've added another year of experience. If you were working a traditional nine to five, like you would hopefully be getting some sort of income raise, like each year, like incrementally. So it's like, we should also be giving ourselves raises in our business. Yeah. And like we we have um, an idea if we were to interview for a job, 
what kind of money we need to make. And doing that, like for me is super boring, which is why I don't like doing it. Like finances definitely stress me out. And it's not something that I like to take my time on because it, te- it does take a while. Setting that foundation, like all the boring stuff, like you need to do it, right? Because um, if you don't, then you're kind of, as you said, like throwing spaghetti at the wall and then seeing what stick, it kind of screws you over in the next couple months because then that's how you don't build a sustainable business model because you're you're working, you're overworking, you're not charging enough. And then shoot, like a few months later, you're, you have to look for clients again. So finding what actually you need and not having to add all these services or out all these marketing tactics and just um, being minimal about it is usually helpful. Like I know in the beginning, I did five different marketing tactics because all of them say they're they're good, right? <laughs> or all of them say that it's going to be really fast to get really good clients if you do this thing. I've noticed for me and for most people, if you don't stick to it long enough, which I didn't, I know a lot of people didn't, then you don't really know, you don't have enough data to see if it works. Like you haven't put everything into it, or you're doing it without some sort of strategy. One thing I've been trying to take as a concept for marketing is like doing more with less. Like how can I take one core idea and like, instead of constantly creating new content or being on every single outlet like how can I do more with less effort (laughs) maybe I'm lazy maybe I'm trying to be efficient I don't know no you're right like really trying to repurpose it I mean I've seen your stuff and I don't feel like you're repetitive at all I think for you I I see a theme and that's great (laughs) because you have to repeat a lot of the same things to get through to people especially when you are doing like the educational aspect but It works the same way for clients too. Uh, I think people are scared about reusing things for some reason. You're not just going to throw it out because you posted it one time. Um, It's still good. It's like, why uh, take that idea? And then um, if it doesn't work, then just like throw it out. It may just need a new design or it just may need to be repeated. So yeah, there's so many ways that you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you're thinking about how to attract the next client and people need to hear like a similar theme or like the same message over and over again before it like really sticks and resonates I forget that like the statistic where it's like you need to see something x amount of times before yeah, you're like ready to seven, buy. or is it seven or ten yeah it's something, something like, like higher up there oh is it <laughs> never mind <laughs> no like within like seven to like seven eight nine I don't know somewhere within there <laughs> got it <laughs> I know that you've made the conscious decision of staying smaller in your business as opposed to like having a big agency model or bringing on team members. What does staying small mean to you? So I was really um, inspired by the book called Company of One. I mean, I could give you guys all the book recommendations. I'm just like constantly reading books, but that one I read a little bit over a year ago and it stuck to me and it was like it felt like I was reading something meant for me and it was it was just so nice I see people doing things it's really amazing but sometimes I don't ask myself whether I would like doing that or not yeah I never saw myself as an agency owner but I you know I would admire people like that so I used to think that maybe that was the only way to really scale 
a design business without going like full on products, right? It was so black and white a few years ago where it's either like grow an agency or go totally like passive income. Those are your only choices if you ever want to make money ever. <laughs> and then now we have all these in-betweens and it's such a beautiful thing because we have all these choices. I feel like there's just less pressure to be able to uh, see like the potential, like, wow, I could do it this way. And for me, it was not getting rid of clients because um, I think people who market passive income always say like, you know, never work with another client again and making it sound like it's such a bad thing for everybody. On the other side, when people want to market to only service base, like they say that, you know, why would you ever sell products? You're not going to make any money. <laughs> and there is like, there's definitely an in-between or there are a lot of in-betweens. And for me, I love clients. I used to not like client work because I was choosing the wrong clients. I also wasn't getting paid enough. But when I started to really know myself, I could see who I, you know, the type of clients that I could see myself working um, more with, or even like as retainers, then that was a game changer. And I told myself, I am not ever, ever going to give up clients because I love the connection too much. I love uh, making brands. I love being alongside of them and seeing them grow and helping them grow. I can never take that away. On the other hand, I would like to sell some products and do this stuff just because I think it's fun. And that's it. Like literally like no more explanations. So when I read this book, it felt like a confirmation of that. What the author says in the book is that if you'd like to stay small, it's actually super freeing. Like, I don't see myself managing like a big team or anything like that with like all the interpersonal problems and all of that stuff. Like that's not my thing. Like my thing is definitely more one-on-one -on -one connection. So that's why I felt like client work was totally my thing. Um, I loved the clients that I've been working with. It's just been so nice to see where they are in their lives and seeing them progress and everything. I am so happy with this balance right now. And it's definitely not for everybody, but I just want the people who um, want like a middle ground to know there are so many ways to make money. And that sometimes it is like just discovering yourself, discovering different business models. But yeah, I just recommend that book. I just love that book. I'll talk about it all day. I recommend reading that book if this really resonates with you. Um, just knowing that it's 2022. There are so many ways to do it as specifically a designer, and it's no longer black and white. Each running our own individual business. So it's like there's a way for each of us that's like totally unique to who we are and how we want to do things. Mm -hmm. And I think like we do hear a lot of messaging around like scale your business, grow and quote unquote growth mindset is kind of part of it. But something I've been wondering about is like, when is it enough? Like, this is good for me. <laughs> yeah. And that enough is, and I learned this from um, Wandering Aimfully, where um, they have an enough number. Basically, what you do is you um, calculate what's your dream life like dream house, dream job, or like what you're doing in your business, um, dream lifestyle, which includes like where you live, the vacations you go on, charities you're giving to if you have kids, savings account, like, I mean, you're putting 
putting a lot of thought into this. And then suddenly you're calculating a number based on that. And this is like the, okay, when I have this, this is how I know I've, I'll be fine. And I don't need to make more than this. And it's not usually as high as we think. Um, okay, once I reach my enough number, then maybe I can just chill. <laughs> and I can just do this because it's working. That was that was a cool thing that I heard. I love that idea of an enough number. It's something because I'm like, okay, I've set this goal. And then once I reach that, like, then it's like, okay, now on to the next goal. It's like, yeah, just knowing that like there is an end point. I think that's what's <laughs> anxiety inducing is like, where is the end point? <laughs> when does yeah. Like we talked about how there's so many different ways of running a business and being able to reach your goals and different business models. Who do you think staying small is a good fit for? Some people love the idea of, see, I I don't want to put stereotypes in this either, but it feels like a very extroverted thing to want to have, you know, people around and have like that environment where is social, maybe in an office. Is this what you want? Like, do you, when you do your thing, uh, wherever you are, like, do you when you start thinking about work, is it peaceful or is it stressful? Is it lonely? Like, start noticing um, how this work feels to you, and then from there, thinking about your goals of what does actual freedom look like? Because I, I know a lot of people that want to work a lot, at least forty hours, because it really ignites them in a way, and this is their passion they found it and it doesn't feel like work and sometimes they want to be around people so those people probably do want to start agencies or want to start some some kind of empire and that's awesome right and for the people who maybe want to travel or they're thinking about slowing down having kids or they just want to do other stuff then it might be worth considering how you're gonna stay small and staying small doesn't necessarily mean that you're not ever going to hire employees or having, or you're going to have a team, but it's like, how far is that going to go? Because having like a few employees doesn't mean you're big and that you can't have that freedom. It really depends on the business model. Because even saying a design agency is so general, right? Because there are so many different ways you can have a design agency. What do you want to offer? How do you want to scale? Where do you see yourself? And how do you see yourself working in the next five to 10 years? Because if you see yourself like, going every day to some sort of office or headquarters or something. And you're like, wow, like, this is how I'm going to feel like I made it for uh, staying small. Yeah, that book, I feel like is really enough. And then from there, you just either through courses or coaching or consulting, kind of um, hone in on like your one signature thing. And then maybe like one, like add on after that. And like, you can really make that work for as long as possible. Um, It's kind of like a personal brand thing. It's like people knowing who you are, and they're paying for you which I just found like really empowering because then, you know, people are hiring me because they know me, they like what I'm saying, they like what I'm designing, um, they vibe with me. And it's about like my relationship to that person. And that really spoke to me more than like a business or a whole company. It's um just like taking myself, like me as a person, and I can go anywhere in the world, or I can even pivot And it's still working with me as opposed to um, like this idea 
Amazing. Well, we're definitely linking the book in the show notes and <laughs> adding it to my to read list. <laughs> Such a good combo. I'm going to pivot to a quick this or that where it's going to be kind of like rapid fire, this or that question. And you can either just pick one or you can provide an explanation. Okay. Ready? Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. See the future or change the past. Uh, see the future. Working hard or hardly working. Oh, how about working smart so I can hardly work? (laughs) (laughs) We'll accept it. (laughs) Uh, Instagram or Pinterest? Pinterest. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Asking questions or answering questions? Asking. Awesome. And then my last question for you is, what are you trying to find clarity on right now? More of my inner peace and personal conflicts, I think. It's a lot of self-reflection. So all of that is going back to the basics and it helps me see like every day what kind of clarity I need on my life and like what's important. Learning more about inner peace is like kind of, I don't know, it like refreshes me. And then with that clarity, I can understand what to do next in my business. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me, Francine. Where can people follow along? I will be on Instagram. My handle is Francine Elaine with an underscore. My website is Francine.io. But yeah, I would love to chat with anybody who loves or wants to have a slow intentional business and wellness and design and everything in between all that good stuff thank you so so much yeah thank you for having me of course thank you thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode i would be thrilled to know if any of this resonated with you send me a dm on instagram at quillandco.design i can't wait to continue this conversation And of course, as always, I welcome your feedback on topics to cover going forward. So go ahead, send me a DM on Instagram. I cannot wait to say hi to you.